Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. First thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. It's going to be a drag race. They touch, they touch. Oh, my God. He's going to do it. It's a video game move. Have you ever? No, I've never. Wow. Unbelievable. (laughs) You ain't first. You're last. Welcome to Running Hot, Action Network's motorsports betting podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, Stephen Young of Rotor Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we talk bets for the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond Raceway here on Running Hot. All right, Tyler Reddick dominated at Coda Circuit of the Americas, and he survived multiple late restarts to grab the win And by doing so, Stevie, I think he's kind of asserted himself as one of, if not the king of the road courses these days. What do you think, Stevie? What do you think about Coda, Tyler Reddick, all of it? I mean, I thought Coda was a great race until the end. I I think the whole race is going to kind of get overshadowed by the restarts, the banging going into one and all of that. I mean, but outside of that, love no stage breaks. I thought that was fantastic. It opened up different strategies and at the end of the day, none of those strategies really came into play because we had a caution with, what, eight, ten laps to go. But, I mean, I really wanted to see how it was going to play out, right? Like, because Tyler Reddick was off strategy to those guys, but he was still the fastest car. So, I liked the race. I, I was a fan of Coda. I, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic, really. Like, I thought the cars were sliding around more. Drivers that were good on road courses were moving up late in the runs we saw some fall off which was nice to see you know so i thought a lot of good building points I- i'm curious before we get into talking about richmond i just have a quick question for you do you think nascar should say i know this is where the start finish line should be at coda but we should move it to here so we don't have this like going into turn one or do you think nascar looks at it as like oh yeah we get this turn one it's exciting kind of thing that's a really good question and not one i've thought about there are a couple tracks like that where the real start finish indy. line is in one spot indy, and man. get rid of the indie start finish line like yeah yeah indie road course is fantastic get rid of the start finish line where it's at 
Yeah, and and there's a couple other tracks where the start finish line is actually uh, in one place, and the restart zone is in another. I think of Mid Ohio, they have the start finish line on a very short front stretch, and they restart on a really long backstretch as their restart zone. I think, especially for a track as long as Circuit of the Americas, they could do something like that. Have them restart. You know, there's that like hairpin. I think it's turn 12. Have them restart coming off that as their restart zone. And that'll take them through the stadium section. And the start finish line is where the start finish line is. Count that as lap one. And then lap two is just that full lap. So that would be your two lap restart. I think that's, I think that's a great solution there personally. Yeah, definitely the end of the race got messy there, but Tyler Reddick certainly, especially with Chase Elliott out, is the dominant road course racer right now. I mean, Kyle Larson was up there in the argument for a while, but he just didn't have it, you know, this past weekend. So right now, Reddick, the man to beat at, not Richmond, at, uh, what am I like, road courses, road courses. I'm thinking ahead to Richmond already, Stevie. We do move on from Circuit of the Americas to Richmond, and Richmond is our second you know, shorter flat track of the year. We did go to the one mile flatter track at Phoenix where we saw the debut of that lower downforce package. And I know at Phoenix, it did create more tire wear. I don't necessarily know if it created the best racing, but it definitely created more tire wear. Teams had to manage the fact that they were getting more tire fall off than they did at Phoenix in the past. Well, we're going to have that again with Richmond in terms of the lower downforce package. Richmond already has a ton of fall off. So my question to you, Stevie, how do you think Phoenix from earlier this year is going to apply towards Richmond. I mean, I know, I know we always try to use it in correlated tracks, but do you think it's going to be maybe even more important that we use rely on Phoenix this year? I mean, short answer, yes. We ha- we're we back to the 20-minute practices. We had a 50-minute practice session at Phoenix. We have a sample to look at with this new car, with this new package, and Phoenix is one of the you know tracks that we use for Richmond to comp it anyway. So... I mean, the short answer is yes, we should be looking at Phoenix. And I mean, the books are certainly looking at Phoenix. So, you know, trying to find any kind of early week edge is tough this week, honestly. You know, where when we went into Phoenix, we had a lot of edge to kind of look at. And we get, we had, you know, a really exciting week that week on the podcast. But I mean, early week edge seems down because that, you know, the books are definitely looking at, you know, the same thing that we're looking at. So I think, you know, we always try to look for like early week value. I think this might be a week where we're looking for late week value because I mean, it's like opposite thinking because we're getting, we're like, Nick, it feels like we're betting F1 and IndyCar this week. The odds are like, we're, it's just crazy. It's two weeks in a row. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. And you kind of touched on a couple topics here that I wanted to talk about. The odds are brutal. Like William Byron, he's like, Plus 450 at some books, you know, plus 500, you know, five to one. It's crazy. William Byron, and he's had two top 10 finishes ever at Richmond. So it's, they're definitely relying on Phoenix with William Byron, uh, as you mentioned. And Kevin Harvick, he's always Kevin Harvick here. Even Kyle Larson, six to one, six and a half to one. If you, if you kind of odd shop around, these odds are brutal. So, you know, we've definitely done our best as far as getting these picks. We'll we'll each have our four picks and our victory lane pick. But, man, it certainly is tough sledding out there, which, like you said, then it opens up things for late week value. But a little wrinkle here, Stevie. You talked about practice. Rain in the forecast. Currently for Richmond, I am seeing about 
70% chance of rain on Saturday, which is the day they'd have the practice and the qualifying session. And it does look like it tapers off later in the day. So, you know, Eastern time, Richmond time. So there's a chance we get it in, but there's also a chance we don't. What would that do in terms of, you know, late week betting for you, Stevie, if, if we don't have practice? I mean, this is where we would kind of be able to take advantage of maybe looking at early week stuff. You know, Alex Bowman and Kyle Bush would start on the front row in that scenario. So there's some nice value around, you know, Bowman just in general. We're going to talk about him um, a couple times on the on the podcast today. So looking at like starting positions and trying to kind of guess where we could take advantage of it. Austin Dillon would start way back. So he might be someone that like you wait and get Mm -hmm. some pre or post qualifying. Brad Keselowski might be someone where he's really close to showing value. Some places he would start like back twenties in that scenario. So looking at, you know, taking some shots potentially on, you can get like the qualifying order and, you know, Bowman and Bush starting would be, you know, one and two. And then you can kind of flip flop odds and evens by how they are in group A and group B. But, you know, taking advantage of that for sure. Even in other other series, you know, we were talking about it before we jumped on here. Like, you know, trucks are in Texas, so we don't have to worry about trucks. But Xfinity, if they're going to have a, a rain and not get stuff in on Saturday morning, you know, we can take advantage of you know, potentially looking at some of these odds because they're coming off of a road course too. So Justin Algar would start on the pole at a track that he's very good at. And he's like third, fourth, fifth in the books. So we could take advantage of that, some of that. I mean, that's how you're just going to have to approach it because rain in the forecast is never fun. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, some really good points there because books will react to qualifying even if we don't have qualifying. So just because they they run their models and, you know, if starting position's a, a factor in their model, it'll drop these guys that you're talking to down about down, like, you know, your Austin Dillons and your Brad Kozlowski's, as you were mentioning. Uh, real quick, Richmond itself, three-quarter mile track, flatter track like we talked about, D-shaped oval, but the real thing it's known for, especially in recent years, is the high tire wear. We saw this last year where strategy comes into play at Richmond. Do you make two stops or do you make one stop in that final stage? I think, personally, with the added lower downforce that we're going to have now and the higher tire wear that we saw at Phoenix, you're going to have to do two stops unless you're really trying to gamble. What do you think, Stevie? I like the two stops as well. I I like, you know, Rodney Childress and Kevin Harvick, I I think they say it best. I want to be the aggressor. I don't want to be the guy that's going to be chased. If I was in a race car, Nick, I'm like, that's how I want to be. I want to go out and run as fast as I possibly can. And, you know, that's kind of what they did with Tyler Reddick at Coda. Like, you have the best car. We're going to put new tires on your car every chance we can. And we're just going to let you go as fast as you possibly can. And it worked. So, I mean, it doesn't always work. Should have Kevin Harvard have pitted a couple weeks ago at Phoenix and who knows. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to try stuff, especially this early in the season. So I, I definitely want to be on the two tire stop because I do think we're going to have more fall off. And it's probably one of the reasons that, you know, certain guys are so good here, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, um, Martin Trix Jr., because they're good at managing tires. They're good at managing their stuff. Yeah, and last year, Denny Hamlin won this race on the two-stop strategy. He finished just ahead of Kevin Harvick, who was also on the two-stop strategy. But third was William Byron, who was on a one-stop strategy. He was actually on a two-stop strategy, and they audibled to a one-stop strategy. So he didn't split the stage in half. He pitted kind of 
a third of the way through the stage, then just went two thirds of the stage on the same set of tires and was running really slow at the end as Martin Truex Jr. was catching him because Truex was on the one stop strategy, but split the stage in half. So we had like four guys come together right in the closing laps. It was really exciting. But I think with that added where this year, I want to be on a two stop strategy. So that's it for our Richmond preview. We got to get to these bets. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around Richmond Raceway. Four turns, one pick each from Stevie, one pick from myself per turn before we drive into victory lane. So it's time to dive into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney, and we're running hops. All right, Stevie, take us into turn one. Yeah, I like Chase Briscoe, top 10. It's plus 200. I'm not showing a ton of value here, but we're not going to see a ton of value early in the week right now in general. I like this. He's 12.1 average finish with three top 10 finishes on the seven short tracks since the start of last season. Top 10 speed in Phoenix earlier this year, finished seventh in that race. And he was top 10 in practice with really good fall off. I don't know if he's just taking pages from Kevin Harvick's book or talking to Kevin or however he's doing it. He's managing his tires and he's running well. Chase Prisco's a really good race car driver. Stuart Haas equipment just hasn't been what it used to be recently. So I think getting him at plus 200 as a top 10 pick is very nice upside for what we're looking at to start the week. Yeah, I I agree with that. Two to one, especially in in Stuart Haas equipment in a place where Stuart Haas has had success with Kevin Harvick, even with Eric Almarola having some strong finishes here at Richmond. That definitely makes a lot of sense on that Chase Briscoe top 10 where you're getting it at two to one. Such nice, decent plus money odds there. I'm going to go to a head-to-head matchup, and I'm going to take Denny Hamlin plus 120 over his teammate, Christopher Bell. Now, if you look at the the stats, and, and hat tip to Greg Mathern of the Garage Guys and Daily Downforce, he did a lot of number crunching here, but these two are pretty equal in top 10 percentage in terms of laps they run, top 5 percentage of laps they run at Richmond, top 3 percentage. So when they're equal... That should be about a 50-50 proposition. We're getting Denny Hamlin at plus 120. Hamlin also at Phoenix was running equal to or better than Bell most of that Phoenix race up until the very end. And, you know, he had that incident with Ross Chastain, the actions detrimental. And also Denny Hamlin himself, he's just so damn good at Richmond. He has top fives in 10 of his last 12 Richmond starts. It's hard to make Denny Hamlin an underdog to literally anybody here, even Kevin Harvick, even Martin Truex Jr. If you get in a top five in 10 of your last 12 starts, I can't really make you an underdog to anybody. So give me plus money on Denny Hamlin here. Okay, so I, I do think Christopher Bell has been the best Toyota for the last 15 races dating back to last season. But with that said, I feel like they're overvaluing Christopher Bell in the Toyota camp in general. If you look at like top Toyota stuff, like, overvaluing Bell a little bit. Bell's a great race car driver. Denny Hamlin is a Hall of Famer. He's a potential Hall of Famer. With or without a championship, Denny Hamlin is going to be in the Hall of Fame. And Richmond is a track where he's from Virginia. He's dominated this racetrack. He's very good at the short, flat tracks. This is what he grew up on. So I'm with you on this. I did not have this until I was looking at our sheet earlier, and I tailed you on this one. So I I like Hamlin getting him at plus money and against really anybody I'm going to have interest at Richmond. 
Yeah, for sure. And I'm tailing Greg Mathern here, so we're both tailing him in that way. But, you know, hey, that's why we're part of this community because uh, everybody, a lot of people have great picks. And I saw it and I was like, hey, I got to, I got to, I got to ride along here with this one because when you have top tens in 10 of your last, or top fives, I should say, in 10 of your last 12 starts, I can't make an underdog. So that takes us through turn one, rolling through the corner, and let's go into turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, made it through turn one. What's your turn two pick here? I wanted the outright for this one, but we're not really getting good value really anywhere. And I mean, this isn't even the best value in the world, but Kevin Harvick top five plus 125. Just getting this a plus money, I think is nice. I think that there's a great chance that he finishes in the top five. He has five top five finishes in the last seven short flat tracks dating back to the start of 2022 season. Top five in speed in those tracks, ranks second in speed at Phoenix with by far the best long run car. Wins the Phoenix race without the late race caution. Ran down Kyle Larson, past Larson, under green, and really Larson had nothing for him, to be honest. So with a track where we already have a little bit of fall off, and now we're adding a car and tire that could potentially add more fall off. Kevin Harvick is very good at long run speeds when it comes to tire fall off racetracks. Uh, we saw him dominate Atlanta, and he's been very good at these types of tracks for years. This is his bread and butter. So give me Kevin Harvick top five at plus 125. And I really do think looking back at like recent Richmond races, we're going to see long runs. And I think that's where you're really going to see Kevin Harvick do his thing. Absolutely. I agree with you. And one of the things you mentioned, he wins that Phoenix race without the late race caution. Instead, guess who won that Phoenix race? It was William Byron, and they're in a head-to-head matchup this week. So my turn to pick, I'm taking Kevin Harvick, even money, over William Byron. Harvick was going to win that Phoenix race. He had the better car over the end there. Actually, William Byron had fallen to third behind Kyle Larson as well. So I wouldn't say Byron's win was fluky. I mean, he easily had one of the three best cars in that Phoenix race. But I think by the end of that race, Harvick was definitely the better car. Now, if we look... Last year at Byron's third place finish at Richmond, I talked about kind of that four-way finish there between Byron, Truex, Hamlin, and Harvick. Byron's third place was a bit fluky, and he still lost that head-to-head to Harvick, who finished second in that race, just because Byron had that really weird strategy, but he wasn't the best car on the day. And in fact, that race last year, which is the first of the two Richmond races last year, is the only time he's ever led at Richmond. And In his career, he's only had one other top 10 at Richmond. So, you know, for William Byron to be favored over Kevin Harvick when he's not as good at Richmond just statistically over his career so far and shouldn't have won at Phoenix earlier this year compared to Kevin Harvick without that caution, you know, that's kind of for me, that's I can't get behind Byron being a favorite over Harvick. I can't get over behind Harvick being even money to Byron. I have Harvick favored here. You know, so so that's where I'm going to go for turn two. And and I'm going to guess you'd probably agree here, Stevie. Yeah, I mean, my model has Harvick winning the race. Like, he's my he's the favorite. So right. the fact that you're getting him at even money against really anybody is like if you're if you're on any book and you see Kevin Harvick as a dog or even to anybody, I like it because yeah. Harvick in my model, Harvick is the guy that win the race this week. There you go. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. 
they found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. NASCAR betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Turn two was kind of the the Kevin Harvick turn for us. So we got to go head down the backstretch and see what we got waiting for us in turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is turn three here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, what do you got for us as we barrel into turn three? If we were like paying attention to that, we should have made that our turn four pick. We totally missed one there, Nick. We, that was um, a missed opportunity on the listen, four. Listen, it's March Madness. It's baseball car. starting. We got, you know, NASCAR in full swing, F1 going. Like, we're busy, so, oh, like, yeah. we can overlook something like that. But my turn three pick this week, I'm going to go to the top Toyota camp. I'm going to go Tyler Reddick, plus 550. I don't have him as the best Toyota, but I have him close enough that he should not be 550. He showed that he's capable of winning last season in, or last week in a Toyota at Coda. I mean, he was by far the best car at Coda. He was the second best car in speed at Phoenix earlier this year, had some of the best fall off in speed um, in practice at Phoenix. And he finished as the top Toyota in Phoenix, but he's priced as the fourth Toyota this weekend. So again, they're, they're really kind of overvaluing bell. They're really, you know, kind of overvaluing race history for, you know, everybody else in the Toyota camp. So the fact that we're getting Reddick at plus five fifty, I think is nice value. I think by the end of the week, this, you know, ends up in like the 350 range. So I w- this is one of the ones that I wanted to jump on early in the week. 
Yeah, I agree with that. 550, I think, is too long here. And while I'm not a huge fan of of Tyler Reddick at Richmond, no top tens, he's getting better every year. It's kind of like Kyle Larson. Like there's a few tracks where Kyle Larson would just get better and better throughout his career. And that same thing's happening with Tyler Reddick. He's really good. Yes. He's, he's a really, really damn good, good driver. But, <laughs> yeah, like Denny Hamlin noticed that and like he saw the talent. He's like, I'm going to go get this guy. And he went out and he got him. And I feel like Chevy is going to miss Tyler Reddick in about five years. I agree. Totally agree. And so right there with you, I think, you know, just too long, especially considering what we saw from him at Phoenix. But we're in turn three and no missed opportunity here. I'm going with the three <laughs> in turn three at three zero to one. 30 to one to be the top Chevy driver. Now I just have this as a lean because of the whole uh, potential rain deal in practice, but I'm leaning Austin Dillon 30 to one top Chevy. This is one of his best tracks. There was, you know, a year, a couple of years ago, Austin Dillon randomly just like led a large chunk of this race and, and nearly won it probably would have won it. If not for, you know, some, some weird stuff there at the end, but Austin Dillon also, you know, outside of that that crazy race there where, you know, he led 55 laps there. He's finished sixth. He's finished sixth. He's finished 10th a couple times. So and these are all within, you know, his last uh, eight races. So he's got four top tens in his last eight. Sorry, five top tens in his last eight races here. And I know it's going to be hard to get top Chevy if you're just grabbing a top 10. But we've seen crazier things happen, and he still has the potential to get even better, like up there in the top five or six, uh, because of those eight races, three of them been sixth or better. So I don't love it. I'm leaning it. And, you know, if we get maybe 40 to one after a potential rain out in practice, I definitely would bet that. But right now at 30 to one, I'm just going to lean Austin Dillon for top Chevy. What do you think there? I think it's a stretch, but you're also getting it at 30 to one. So this might be one that you're like, 0.25 units or something on Mm -hmm. not like a full unit i know it's like a lean for you so you really don't know where you want to be unit wise this early in the week anyway yeah listen he's sneaky good at high tire racetracks and he has a very aggressive crew chief so i think taking shots on austin dillon as top chevy at 30 to 1 is not the craziest idea chevy is just really fast this year in general bowman byron these guys larson kyle bush I, i mean i think a lot has to go right but at 30 to one, you know that. So I don't think it's the craziest lean by any means. I, yeah, I think you know, a little if you don't get you mentioned Bowman, Byron, et cetera. Like Byron, this isn't his best track. Even Larson, right. I know he has a win here, but not one of his best tracks. Bowman, same thing. Like you're getting Ross Chastain, not one yep. of his best tracks. You're getting like all these guys that are really good. These top, top Chevys at a place where they're a little bit vulnerable. I'm not going to say they're a lot of bit vulnerable. They're a little bit vulnerable. Now, Kyle Busch, this is a very good track for him. So you always have to deal with that, which is Austin Dillon's teammate. But, you know, that you you mentioned those. It made me think of that. Like, it's also just a little bit of a spot where we get some of these guys on a, not on a down week, but just not maybe their best, best tracks. But that is turn three. Didn't waste the opportunity there. But we do have to head into turn four. I'm Noah Gregson, and this is Turn 4 here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, I guess we're not doing Kevin Harvick in this one, but what do you have for us in Turn 4? I'm going to go to the groups. Um, I mean, there was a couple groups that I think that there's some interesting spots. I know you got one early in the week where it moved super fast, but I'm going to go to Group D. It's Amarola, Briscoe, Bubba Wallace, and Ryan Priest. And Briscoe is actually tied for... Um, him and Wallace are both plus 240 at second. Amarola is plus 200. So 
Briscoe at plus 240 is is what I like in this group. He ranked 10th, Amarola 23rd, Wallace 16th, and Priest 20th in green flag speed at Phoenix. Wallace and Amarola 18 and 18.6 average finish on short flat tracks since the start of last year, where Briscoe had an average finish of 12.1 in those same races. My model has this as the best value for group bets early in the week. Um, I'm very high on Briscoe in general. I think Briscoe is like top five potential where Amarola Wallace priest might be like top 10 potential. I mean, this is the type of track that like priests, you know, was brought back into like the cup seat four. So he's sneaky in general on this type of racetrack, but not Bubba Wallace's best type of racetrack. Amarola is good at this type of racetrack, but I mean, I don't think he should be the favorite in this group looking at, you know, recent history. So I'm going to take Briscoe at plus 240 here. Yeah, it's close for me. I, I I definitely do actually like Almarola here. He does have three top eights in his last five Richmond yeah. starts. The other thing about Phoenix, if you remember, Almarola started in the back and he was moving his way forward because I had a ton of Almarola bets that week and he was moving his way so forward. He was climbing through the field, climbing through the field. He was looking really good. And then that wheel fell apart and that cost him his speed. So his 23rd green flag speed, very misleading there because A, he had to deal with traffic all day coming from the back. I think he started 31st. And B, he after that wheel fell off, it definitely damaged the car. Um, you know, he was a couple laps down, et cetera. So just one of those weird situations where I think the green flag speed will be misrepresentative there, but I definitely can get behind Chase Briscoe still being at least the best in this group, uh, right up there with Almarola, and and certainly better than Wallace and Priest in my in my model there. So, my turn for pick. I'm gonna lean again here, and I'm gonna lean on Brad Keselowski, top forward plus six fifty. What I really like here is we're getting Blaney at one of his worst tracks. We're getting Joey Logano after they've had troubles all year with long run speed, especially at Phoenix where they fell off pretty big. Now, Logano still did come back and finish 11th, but you're not getting Penske where they're normally at their best. I remember a couple of years ago, I was betting Penske almost every short flat track. And right now, it just they don't quite have it. Just in long run speed in general, we saw it at, at Vegas. We saw it at Auto Club. Even tracks that would normally correlate to Richmond, they just haven't had long run speed. So you really only need something to go wrong for Kevin Harvick because after that, it's Keselowski in my model. I have him ahead of... Of Briscoe, I have him ahead of Almarola. I have him ahead of his teammate Chris Busher. So I, I got Brad Keselowski top forward plus six fifty as a lean here. And last year, both races, Brad Keselowski was hovering inside that top ten for most of the race in both Richmond races and fell outside of the top ten for the finish. Same thing happened at Phoenix, hovering inside that top ten most of the race, fell outside for the finish. So I was actually really hoping because Keselowski was finishing outside the top ten, we get better top ten odds on him this week. But I just can't quite do it at even money there for Brad Keselowski for a top 10. So I'll go the top forward route as a lean early in the week as well, knowing the rain situation. Yeah, so I'm at minus 180 for a top 10 on one of the books. Like, what what are we doing? I like this. I I think that you nailed it when you're saying, like, it's really Keselowski versus Harvick. Blaney, too. I don't want to discount Blaney on any racetrack, you know. But I think now, like, Joey Logano has a win. And this is the same type of racetrack that Phoenix is at. So, like, I think Paul Wolf tries stuff. I really do. Paul Wolf, crew chief for Joey Logano, if you don't know that. So, I think that's just one added, you know, aspect of if they try something and it does not hit and we do not get practice, we <laughs> Joey Logano is going to be someone we want to kind of stay away from. So, really, at the end of the day, 
you know, Keslowski versus Stuart Haas versus Blaney. And I mean, that's what it's kind of baked in here at plus 650. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's a really good point about the fact that Phoenix, you know, which is the championship race, very similar track to Richmond and Lugano is locked in now with that Atlanta win. So definitely a good opportunity for them to try some things uh, and see what works and what doesn't work. So it could eliminate Joey Logano from that top Ford contention as well. Really good point there. That makes me like this even more. So I may actually end up moving away from my lean and just, just betting it before the weekend is up. But hey, so you got to follow us in the Action app. We can now track top manufacturer in the Action app. So that's exciting. So if I do bet it, I'll be tracking in the app and y'all will be able to follow along. So make sure you're following both Stevie and myself in the Action Network app. All right, Stevie, that was a lap around Richmond Raceway. There's just one thing left to do. What's that? Gotta go to Victory Lane, man. We gotta we gotta pop the confetti. That's right. So where we where we popping confetti this week? Where are we headed with that? We go Alex Bowman top ten. Um, you know we try to look for like really solid value or or outrights for our Victory Lane, and it just this week it's just really tough. Rough, um, rough, rough, rough. I there this might be like one of the rare weeks that I just don't bet an outright unless stuff changes after practice and qualifying. Cause I mean, I think the best cars are the cars that are priced the the toughest to bet. So we're going to, we're going to go with Alex Bowman top 10. This guy is just a machine to start the season. Mm-hmm. I know this isn't like his best type of track, but I'm going to go off of momentum. I'm going to go off of what we've seen so far this season for Hendrick Getting those 100 points backs put him back into the points lead for the season. Like, he's just been a top five machine. And the fact that, like, we're seeing this type of speed and tire wear, they're aggressive. So I could see them just maybe being like an eighth to 12th place car and, you know, strategy putting them in like the six to eight range and just kind of cashing in on this top 10 at minus 112. Yeah, I like it. And, you know, you said we're popping confetti. Well, we got the guy who's number one in points right now uh, at a top 10 that for minus 112. And and he was even even money earlier. I know Jordan Maccabee of Rotoballer and the Stacking Denny's podcast. He uh, grabbed Alex Bowman at even money here. And it's since moved you know, beyond that down to minus 112, minus 115, depending on where you're shopping around. So still like it there for sure. But, you know, we're getting Alex Bowman, who has had top 10s in every single race this year, aside from, a you know, a drafting race at Atlanta. You can't really fault that. And he still finished 14th. Other than that, he's finished top 10 everywhere this year. He's leading the points. So definitely a momentum play. But even at Phoenix, where he struggled in recent years, he kind of outperformed. He finished ninth and, and ran even better than that. Kind of outperformed what he'd been doing in the past at Phoenix. So if he can outperform what he's doing at Richmond, he should be favored to finish in the top 10. So that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Toyota Owners 400 episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the Food City Dirt Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Stevie, we're going back dirt racing for what is always a wild event on the dirt. On behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.